Hello and welcome to the Shoemaker's Library presentation uh, as we discuss the magic of Oz. I am your host and facilitator, Kenneth Roman, uh, head of adult services here at the George F. Johnson Memorial Library. Uh, on the agenda today, I will uh, showcase a small fraction of stories that take inspiration uh, from the stories of Oz. Uh, then, if there is time and an interest, uh, we can open up to discussion. Uh, if you are listening to this after the fact and you would like to take part in the discussion, feel free to uh, message it in the chat of wherever this you are listening or watching this recording, uh, and we, I will take a peek at it every once in a while and add to the chat. And then lastly, uh, I will give information about where you can find further research uh, so you can get a, a deeper information on uh, the wonderful world of Oz. So with that, we will start with our first, uh, the one that started it all. Uh, so that would be The Wonderful Wizard of Oz and the stories that follow. Uh, published in 1900 with illustrations by W.W. Denslow, uh, there are a lot of great resources about the making of this series and, of course, the man who made it, uh, L. Frank Baum. Uh, that would be a whole presentation in of itself, uh, but I recommend uh, checking out one reference uh, is the PBS American Experience episode. Uh, called American Oz. Uh, that does a very good job at breaking down who is L. Frank Baum. Uh, he, he's born in New York. He's a New Yorker. And uh, he uh, what his life was like there and how he moved to the West and then later in life ended up in California. Uh, so it's a very great documentary and it also explores uh, the creating of Oz and the impact Oz has had on our imagination. Uh, you can pick up a copy of this documentary here at the library. We do have a DVD version, or uh, it is on demand on the PBS uh, website. Uh, you may have to have PBS Passport to access it, uh, but it is there on demand. So L. Frank Baum wrote 13 sequels uh, to The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and uh, it was able to explore different characters. Um, I read that a lot of... Uh, fans would write L. Frank Baum and ask him to elaborate on a character that they loved, and he would write a whole book about that character just for the fans who uh, sent him letters asking for that character to be um, explored and written about. Uh, after his death, an author named Ruth Plumsley Thompson, uh, on request from the publisher, wrote another 21 books and stories about Oz. So that is a lot of Oz stories to mine uh, for creators. Uh, you may be asking why uh, others can use Oz characters and settings to create their own stories, and the answer is the public domain. A lot of the, especially L. Frank Baum's works, are now in the public domain. Uh, they became accessible in the public domain in the 1950s. Uh, some of uh, Ruth Thompson's works uh, are not quite in the public domain yet. They, uh, the, her, her copyright lapsed into the new copyright laws of the 90s, and so her, her rights to um, the material expanded, but all of what Baum created uh, is in the public domain, and why so many other creators and authors uh, can create their own uh, Oz stories, borrowing some influence from those stories.
there are some aspects that the new creators can add uh, that will not be in the public domain. Uh, for example, the Ruby slippers. So what do I think about the wonderful Wizard of Oz stories? Well, uh, to shock some people, uh, I'm not a fan of uh, the wonderful Wizard of Oz stories. I listen to them. I've read them quite a few times. Um, and I enjoy them, but I'm not a huge fan. Uh, that is not my favorite adaptation or uh, source to get my uh, Oz fix. But it is an important because it is the one that started it all. So uh, it is the source material that brought creators around the world a well of materials to draw upon. Uh, without it, uh, the, where would we be today? What? What's... Uh, so it definitely needs to pay respect to the wonderful Wizard of Oz, even if for myself it is not. Uh, next, we will talk about uh, the MGM Wizard of Oz movie uh, in 1939. Uh, the MGM Wizard of Oz movie of 1939, this is the one that I would say most modern audiences became introduced to the Oz stories. I say modern because uh, back in the day, in the early uh, 1900s, uh, Wizard of Oz was very popular. They would know it from the books. Uh, but once, I would say, more modern audiences definitely know it today uh, from the movie. This 1939 movie is not the first adap movie adaptation of the book. L. Frank Baum did try to uh, make his own movies based on his works. Uh, to not great success, but he tried and uh, he was a uh, actor at heart, so he uh, really tried to make his own Oz Productions, uh, film production studio, uh, to uh, showcase his his stories on film. Uh, the making of this film is also its own presentation, uh, and I would recommend, uh, if you are interested in the making of the movie, uh, finding some behind-the-scenes content of the film, um, borrowing a DVD, something that has some bonus features, and movie commentary and taking a watch of that, uh, because The Wizard of Oz, the making of the movie, uh, had is a very interesting story. There's a lot of uh, drama and intrigue, and uh, it is a good, a good story. Um, this is the adaptation where we get a definitive look of the Oz characters, uh, the illustrations before by, uh, as I said, W.W. Uh, w. Denslow uh, are very popular for a long time, is what uh, the characters look like, but... Uh, now, uh, thanks to this movie, this is what the characters of Oz uh, look like. This is where we, what we think of Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion, and of course the Wicked Witch and her iconic green skin and black hat. Uh, though a fun fact, uh, as well as the ruby slippers, which are also copyrighted and specifically to this movie, uh, the shade of green that the Wicked Witch wears on her face is also copyright, and uh, other adaptations that have a Wicked Witch with green skin have to use a different shade of green. I adore this adaptation. Uh, as long as I can remember, this is the version that I was introduced to, uh, that introduced me to the Land of Oz. Uh, funny enough, I was drawn to the Wicked Witch. Um, I, of course, love the other characters, but there was something about the Wicked Witch that uh, appealed to me. Uh, funny enough, a three-year-old me wanted to dress up as the Wicked Witch for Halloween. So this story, this adaptation, uh, really captured my imagination. 
just like the original source material, though uh, much scholarly work has been done on this movie version, from how it's structured like a fairy tale uh, to how characters in this movie represent marginalized groups in society. So that is my thoughts on the 1930, or yeah, 1939 movie. Now let's take a look at another important adaptation, The Wiz, both the Broadway uh, musical and its movie adaptation. Uh, the Broadway production of The Wiz opened in 1975, uh, with a film adaptation coming out a few years later in 1978. Uh, this notable take on the story diversified the entire cast and focused on the trials and tribulations of black urban Americans. Uh, if you are not familiar with this adaptation, I recommend giving it a listen and or a watch. Uh, I am not equipped to give this title in-depth discussion that it deserves, but I at least can uh, encourage you to give it a try. Uh, it is an important adaptation of Oz, uh, especially since when Oz was created, both the book and the MGM movie, uh, there was a lot of segregation and racism. I will share a snippet from a review in 1984 uh, from uh, the New York Times, which was about uh, the uh, revival of The Wiz on Broadway. Uh, and this, uh, uh, this author of this column, uh, Frank Rich, said, what made The Wiz surprisingly moving the first time around was that it its creators found a connection between Baum's Kansas fantasy and the pride of the urban black Americans. So that is quite telling of what this story uh, represents and means to a lot of people. I just rewatched the movie a few weeks ago, um, and it has actors like Diana Ross and Michael Jackson uh, and many other famous uh, singers and actors. Um, I feel it does a great job uh, reflecting uh, a modern America and mirroring uh, a modern Oz uh, and what a modern Oz would look like. So lastly, the last uh, one that we're going to look at today before we start discussing is Wicked. Of course, Wicked. Can't have a presentation without Wicked. Uh, Wicked is my favorite of the adaptations, I would say, uh, especially right now um, and currently. Uh, both all the book, the musical, and I'm hoping the upcoming movie adaptation. So I did a podcast episode a while back on the Shoemaker's Library uh, that uh, people can take a listen to um, about my love of the Wicked source material and discussing what I like about the book, the musical. So I uh, encourage you to check that out uh, for more, a more in-depth explanation. But here I'll say both uh, Wicked the Life and Time of the Wicked Witch by of the West by Gregor Maguire, which was written in 1995, and his musical adaptation, opening on Broadway in 2003, are my favorite adaptations. For those of you who aren't, aren't familiar with the premise of Wicked, it is about a green, a green-skinned girl named Alphaba, who is later villainized and becomes the Wicked Witch of the West, and her unlikely friendship with Glinda the Good Witch. Uh, there is much more to it than that, but uh, again, take a look at my other podcast. Uh, I also, uh, for those of you who are watching, uh, I have uh, my Zoom background is from the musical Wicked. Uh, you can see the Emerald City in the background, uh, the balloon, uh, Dorothy's house. Uh, so 
it's a uh, very interesting take on the Wizard of Oz. Uh, what I wanted you to take away is how the idea of back in the ni- 1900s, uh, this story was about a girl facing the forces of evil to get home. And now in the 21st century, it's a more complex story about how people are labeled good and evil, what is friendship, and how does it affect our lives, plus showcasing how every story has its own perspectives. So I'm very excited for the movie adaptation of Wicked, which will come out in a few years. Uh, I don't think I changed the slide over, did I? Oh, I did. Good. Um, so here it says, as of right now, uh, the movie comes out in November of 2000. 24, and then uh, it is going to be split in two parts with the second part uh, the following year in December 2025. So we still have a little while to wait, but but there is a movie adaptation coming, and what I like about it is that it's going to, uh, because it's split in two, they're going to focus on both expanding on the musical and adding a lot of elements from Gregory Maguire's book. So it's going to be a a very good adaptation, fingers crossed. So yes, so there's my thoughts on The Wizard of Oz. It is one of my favorite stories. Uh, as I said, some adaptations I like more than others, uh, but the world that L. Frank Baum created is one of my favorite worlds to be in and to explore. And I, I like seeing what other people uh, create. With that, are there any questions. Yes, the musical is 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 great. I've seen it. Uh, the Wicked musical. Uh, how many times have I seen it? Seven? I've seen it seven times. I, it's That and Phantom of the Opera are my two favorite musicals. Um, I probably will do a presentation on Phantom, um, depending on... I may not do as... Uh, a presentation like this, so I, I will have to see. I, I enjoyed these presentations, so if um, I get a lot of um, more interest of people watching uh, the recordings of this, I can I can foresee me doing more of things like this. Yes, yep, Phantom is. Um, I I'm torn whether to try to get tickets to see it before it closes or not. Um, Phantom closing. Uh, I am in a lottery to win tickets, so I'm using that as an excuse to go or not. So if I win the lottery, uh, the phantom ticket lottery, then I'll go. If I don't, then that's another one that I've seen seven, eight times. So, so I don't, I don't need to see phantom again. Uh, I have my memories. So yes. So, uh, I enjoyed, uh, doing this research. Uh, again, I love wizard of Oz. Um, I plan on doing more things like that, as I hinted, maybe a phantom one, uh, maybe one on uh, writing fantasy, what it takes to write fantasy. Uh, I'm working on uh, a novel myself, so maybe taking a look at what it takes to write fantasy, some ideas there. And just whatever else pops into my head uh, or the community uh, is interested in me talking about. Uh, that is what uh, the purpose of the Shoemakers Library is, is to in, uh, inform uh, our community about fun things that they may be interested in. Um, if you have any interests that you would like to share and you would like to present on the Shoemakers Library or uh, in person uh, here at the library, uh, feel free to contact me. Uh, 
I, again, I, my name is Kenneth Roman. I'm the head of adult services. Uh, so you can give us a call and ask for me and, uh, we can set something up to try to uh, do a presentation of what's interesting to you. Um, but there was another thing that I was going to present on. Oh, fairy tales. Folk and fairy tales. Uh, I got a bachelor's in children's literature and folk and fairy tales. So I may do some stuff on that. So yes. So thank you again for coming. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, watching this with us and learning some new things about The Wizard of Oz. Again, uh, if you're watching this uh, post-presentation, feel free to add a comment into the box wherever you're watching or listening to this, and I will keep an eye out uh, to have a discussion with you. Well, thank you again for coming, and have a great day.